Producers and creators are the sources of all value on the planet. MC Lobster, the host of the top-rated business and investing podcast Cashflow Ninja, is on a mission with Producers Wealth to help producers create, protect, and multiply their wealth outside of Wall Street in any economy by creating systems and processes that help them increase their production, provides them with liquidity, passive income generators, and opportunities for enormous growth. Learn more about their time-tested and proven systems at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, I'm joined by turnkey real estate matchmaker, Ali Boone, uh, where we'll take a closer look at the turnkey real estate industry and niche. Uh, we'll be looking at how to do some market research, how to uh, do your due diligence, and also how to discover opportunities uh, with investments in this particular niche. Ali Boone is a real estate investor and lifestyle entrepreneur. Ali left her corporate nine to five job as an aerospace engineer, despite the dream job status that it came with, to start a real estate investing company, Hipster Investments. Hipster managed to facilitate over $18 million in real estate investment transactions in its first five years of business. Ali's primary focus in real estate and with Hipster revolves around passive income and passive investment options, and she is most involved with turnkey rental properties. Ali has uh, written 170 articles on Bigger Pockets, the world's leading real estate investing website, and she's been featured in Fox Business, The Motley Fool, and Personal Real Estate Investor Magazine. She has over three, uh, 300,000 views on her calculating rental property numbers video on YouTube and has sold uh, over 200 copies of her turnkey rental properties 101 ebook and was also awarded the top 100 real estate investing blogs and websites on the web. Her personal real estate portfolio started with buying five properties in her first 18 months of investing using only creative financing methods. Are you an investor looking for passive cash flow but don't have the time to explore your options? Discover Real Estate. It's the best option for passive income that savvy investors have been turning to for years to generate income and build wealth. But the reality is real estate investing takes expertise, market knowledge, and time. So what do you do if you don't have the time or market knowledge? Discover how many business investors have found a way to generate cash flow from real estate investing. Their secret? They partner with proven private real estate investment funds. Four Peaks Capital Partners have created a system that allows accredited investors the opportunity to invest in undervalued assets to generate passive income and capital gains. Invest with the cash flow experts and sit back while Four Peaks does all the work. Call Four Peaks Capital Partners at 877-5-INCOME. That's 877-5-INCOME or go to privateincomeinvesting.com. An offer to buy or sell securities is only made by a private placement memorandum. Prospective investors must read the PPM in its entirety before making an investment decision. Ali, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. 
Yeah, really, really nice to connect and uh, excited to have you on. Can you uh, share a little bit about uh, your background and journey with my listeners? Sure. Um, so my background is its a little bit eclectic. Um, back before my real estate and business days, I was an aerospace engineer. I went to school for that and I worked in the industry for about five years and I was also a pilot and I was teaching flying. So I was very... Um, well, the first word that came to my head was nerdy, um, but very just kind of, you know, I really had kind of followed the old school way of thinking of go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a good secure job and work until you're 65, that kind of thing. So I, I followed that route and I got the, the good engineering job and the security and all that nonsense. And, but it was really, it was almost immediate when I started working on that, that I just, I, I, it just wasn't me. It wasn't, there were just so many things about it. I wasn't, it was like, oh, like I, it was like the soul was being, my soul was being sucked out of my toes. Um, so I really, I spent about the whole five years that I had my engineering job just trying to figure out how to get out of the engineering job. I, I didn't know if I should start a business, if it was going to be real estate. I was reading books. I didn't know what I would offer people and all that kind of stuff. And over the course of the five years, uh, it's obviously a more detailed story than what I'm conveying, but over the five years, uh, real estate kind of, I, I, I say it fell in my lap, but that was with a lot of work, uh, for real estate to kind of present itself. I don't, you know, I don't want to suggest things just fall in your lap, but, uh, it really kind of came forward and I pursued it and I actually started in the real estate as just investing for myself while I was in my engineering job. I was still looking for my out. And one thing led to another and the connections I made and the networking and how everything laid itself out. I ended up starting my real estate investing business and I ended up leaving the corporate job. I did the entrepreneurial plunge. Um, I kind of like to call it the entrepreneurial plunge of sanity because um, <laughs> on one hand I got all of my sanity back and on the other hand I lost all of it at the same time. So it was kind of a switch, you know, to be on my own, but I'll tell you, it's been, I guess five and a half years now since I did that. And it's just been phenomenal. I've just met the coolest people. I I'm doing the real estate thing. I'm doing business consulting. Now I get to go back to flying airplanes and it's really, it's really cool. So it's, it's been an interesting journey and definitely an unexpected one. Now as a uh, investor, uh, what is your philosophical approach to invest investments and investing in general and do you have a checklist that you draw from when you make decisions? Well, it's that's such a great question you asked too, and I, I've actually never had anyone ask me that. But you know, my philosophical approach to investing—that's it, such a key question for anybody because there, are, what people don't realize, I feel like, is there are so many options, and there's every single option has extremely different either requirements or risk or levels of work, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, you know, I think it's really important for everyone to think about their philosophical approach. And as far as mine, uh, much like a lot of people, my first book that I read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I really, on an extreme level, resonated with what he was saying about, about passive income. And while I have my own business and all that, I'm also a huge fan of making money by not working or by doing as little work as possible. And so he really planted the seed and I ended up reading a whole ton of those rich dad books. And that is absolutely my approach is, you know, what I teach a lot is the difference in investing and working because a lot of people get into real estate and they have no idea 
that they're taking on a second job. And that's great if that's your thing, that's what you want to do. But it's it's different than just putting your money somewhere and getting the return. So I my philosophy very much for me personally is the passive income approach and just on for so many reasons. And I already forgot the second question that you asked in conjunction with that. Oh no, just a checklist. If there's any specific oh. thing when you look at an investment, um, is there a checklist that you draw from? Well, it kind of depends on what context you're asking. And as far as like the numbers or the, um, you know, the specifics of a deal, uh, that would be one checklist. And then whether or not it fits into my philosophical approach would be kind of another checklist. But for me, I'm, I'm a very big picture person. And so what I look at, you know, like a lot of times, you know, I work with rental properties and a lot of times people are like, oh, well, how much money per door should you be netting every month for an investment to be good? And I'm like, that's not, it's not really a question you can ask. It's kind of like, well, first of all, how much are you buying the property for? Second, where is the property? You know, there's so many things. And so what I really look at is on the rental property side specifically, I first look for the numbers and because if there's no numbers then there's no point. And then the second thing I really look for in conjunction with the numbers is the market. Like where is it located? Because numbers are nothing if you can't sustain them. So there's a lot of things that go into whether or not you're actually ever going to see those projected numbers. So that's a big thing. And then, um, you know, just I, those two are my, that's my shortest, most concise, important list for a deal specifically. And then, you know, for me with passive income and all that, that's assuming I'm not having to swing a hammer and rehab a house also. Now, you talk about turnkey uh, rentals and turnkey investing. Uh, what were your reservations before you got into it? What were some of the things that you looked at and that made this attractive for you? And uh, when when did, did you finally decide now is the time uh, and you jumped into it? Well, it, so before I found out about turnkeys, I, like I said, I was doing this experience exploration thing of business and real estate and trying to figure out what to do with myself. And so in that time, I, not too long before I found the turnkeys, maybe six months or so, for example, I went running around with a real estate agent in Orange County, California. I live in Los Angeles. And we looked at potential properties to be rental properties. And much like a lot of people, I, I didn't know exactly how to run numbers on it. I didn't know exactly what I was looking for, but I was looking at all these properties and and most of them needed work. There was even a dead rat in one of them. Like it just, I was like, ugh. And so I knew the purchase price of them and I had asked them, you know, well, how much does it get in rent? And like I said, I didn't know how to run numbers back then, but I, there, it seemed like something I was like, I don't quite understand how this works. And in the midst of all of that, yeah, I'd gone to real estate seminars and all that kind of stuff. And the big things that kept going through my head is like, well, my impression of being a real estate investor is that if I'm going to do that, I have to find distressed properties. I have to negotiate deals. I have to find motivated sellers. I have to rehab a house and the list goes on. And none of those things, like I'm a pretty smart person, but I'd, I could do those if I had to, but I, there was, I know there was a huge resistance on my part to going forward with real estate because none of those things sounded desirable. Like I at all. And I wasn't, I wasn't nixing them, but I just, it, it wasn't really calling to me. And so combining that with the numbers that I saw in Orange County, even though I have no idea what I was looking at, 
once the turnkeys kind of presented themselves, it kind of resolved all of those problems because all of a sudden I didn't have to find motivated sellers, rehab, find distressed properties, negotiate deals, any of that, or swing hammers. And the numbers actually worked. Like once I learned the layout of the numbers, which is essentially, you know, the income versus the expenses, and all of a sudden there was cash flow on those, where when I looked back at the Orange County properties, there was no cash flow. It was like everything just kind of, I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> and so it for me, it was just a perfect fit because it it just resolved all the things that had previously held me back. And for me, I, I love an adventure. I, buying out of state, buying in different markets or multiple markets, like I think that's super fun. And the turnkeys are cool when they come from the turnkey providers because you essentially get to go shopping. It's like, oh, here's all the properties. Which one do I want? And it immediately became a little addictive for <laughs> a little while. But it was so fun. And I could focus. I could spend all my time focusing on learning the fundamentals of rental property investing, like learning how to run numbers, learning how to manage a property manager, learning what markets would be good or bad or risk levels. And, you know, so getting rid of all that hard stuff really opened me up uh, to have the time to be able to learn the basics, which I think is important for anybody. You know, your journey really, I mean, it, 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 it follows a, a, a pattern that I've seen and it's quite exciting where you start, uh, you invest, you learn, and then all of a sudden it snowballs, but along the way you share, right? You, and there's a ton mm -hmm. of content that you've, uh, that you've posted on Bigger Pockets and also uh, on your blog at Hipster Investments. And then all of a, so a sudden by teaching and just sharing your journey a business developed. So can you share a little yeah. bit more about uh, what you do at Hipster Investments and uh, how this has have evolved? Yeah. So like I said, when I started into this, I was really just investing for myself. And it was so funny uh, looking back because at the exact same time, I was like, oh, well, I still have my corporate job. I still have a great paycheck. I might as well do something smart with my money while I try and figure out my way out of this. And so it was almost like parallel paths in my head, which I had not even, I just didn't put two and two together that they could work together and give me what I wanted. Uh, but what happened was I started investing all these things and I was so excited about them. I was just anyone I met, I was like, oh man, I got this thing and here's a picture of my new house and I bought it for this amount of money. And people are like, okay, wait, pause. How are you doing this? Because they also had the same impressions of real estate investing that I did, that you had to do all that hard stuff. And so they, my excitement was getting contagious and they were like, well, I want to know more about that. I've been wanting to invest, but I, you know, send me, send me some kind of link. So in that time, uh, I think my cousin bought one, one of my mom's friends bought one. And I was just, I, I was like a kid in a candy store. I was just like, it was Christmas for me. And I was just telling everyone about it. And so it picked up so much that the company that I was sending them to finally came to me and said, Hey, listen, you are, you're sending us people already. If you will go get your real estate license, we can actually pay you a referral fee. And I thought, Oh, well, that seems like easy, fun, side money, still having no idea, you know, I'm still trying to figure out my way out of corporate. And it picked up so much. And then bigger pockets asked me to start writing for them. And I just, so everyone just started kind of wanting to know what was happening because turnkeys at that point, this was 2011, 2012. 
And turnkeys as a concept had been around for quite some time, but it was really with a crash that they got popular and with the internet because now they were options for people to buy. So it was, it was a newer thing. And so I really just started kind of telling everyone about it. And the way that I positioned myself with my company was going into it as I was starting the company. My big thing was, well, it was two things. Number one, I never wanted to refer somebody to just any old company because the reality is every turnkey company has offered me referral fees and I just won't do it. And in fact, they offer, they tend to offer me quite a bit more than I make. So if I haven't personally bought through them myself or have like so much experience with them that I would send my mother there, I won't refer for them. So I, I wanted people to understand that, that yes, I was making referral fees, but it was very boutique, very specialized. Like it's just not, you know, it's, it's important to me for people to have a good experience. And then the second thing was real estate investing in general is kind of a stuffy industry. It's, it's, it can be very intimidating. There's a lot of dudes in suits saying what you should buy and you should do this and you should do that. And customer service is always a great thing. People are screaming at each other and it just, you know, and there's so much going on in it. And all the while, none of us really learned this in school is I really wanted to be kind of a presence for people of like, Hey, I'm not a salesperson. I'm not anything. I'm just this random chick in California who has bought stuff that she likes. And if you want to know about it, I'll tell you about my experiences. I'll tell you the good ones. I'll tell you the bad ones. Like, I really wanted to create just this very real presence. Like, you know, sometimes people reach out to me and nearly the first thing out of my mouth is like, oh, turnkeys aren't for you. Like, I, I just, I, it's not worth it to me to try and sell somebody something that isn't them. And I, I'm very quick to, you know, and I'll, I work with people and I wanted to come in kind of. I don't want to say on the emotional front because it's not that dramatic, but, you know, just be a, a nice, normal, relatable human being in an otherwise fairly stuffy industry, if that's even the right word. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it started, and it's now five, six years later, and it's done really well. So I've, I've been pretty proud of the company and proud of just everything that we stand for, primarily like what I said is, we are very specialized. We we really try and work with the cream of the crop on both ends, investors and sellers. And, you know, just being there as a support system for people. Because I know when I got into it, uh, originally I would have loved just a support system. And then when I actually got one, it just it changed my whole world. So we really try and be there for people in that capacity. No, that's that's quite incredible. So you definitely has uh, have positioned yourself in this marketplace as the uh, the turn the turnkey investing matchmaker, right? So mm-hmm. one of the questions that I'm sure my listeners are thinking uh, and would like me to ask is: um, so the value that you guys bring to it, can you share a little bit more about that in the specific area in the space, and uh, why wouldn't someone go directly to uh, some of these turnkey operators? That is such a great question, and I've been hearing that question for years, and I have a, I have a very strong stance on this answer. Um, so there's a few different primary aspects um, regarding why would you come work with me or my crew versus going straight to the direct turnkey provider. And the first question is always, well, wouldn't it be cheaper to go straight to the provider? And the answer, for the most part, is no, because the community that I work with and the crews that I work with, we bring so much buying power to the turnkey provider that often those prices that we get the discounted prices, it seems a little counterintuitive, but because they can lower the prices because we bring the numbers, if that makes any sense. So 
the price is very, actually, I don't even know of a case really that the price was ever any different going straight to them. And then, you know, if you go to a direct turnkey provider, they are specific to their market. They're market experts. A couple of the turnkey providers have a couple different markets, but for the most part, their product is in specific areas. So you as an investor, you know, the thing to really realize is you as an investor, you're trying to create a portfolio. You're trying to pursue a strategy. You're trying to get your finances going. The turnkey providers are the technicians, if you will. They are, I don't want to call them the worker bees because they're fantastic worker bees, but they are doing a job. And so you really want to keep an uh, keep a open mind on that difference of mindset because what the turnkey providers are really good at, which is finding the deals, negotiating the deals, rehabbing the properties, you know, the, the, the work that's really going into this, they are not investment strategists. They aren't portfolio builders. You know, I, the best they're going to say is, hey, well, we'll sell you 20 properties. Like, that sounds like a great portfolio. Like, that's the extent of their investment advice. So you as an investor, if you go to them and you're wanting to build your portfolio or you're wanting to invest in a property, you're going to say, hey, you know, where's the best market to invest in? And they're obviously going to say theirs because that's where their product is. And then you could even go further and ask, well, you know, I really want to build a portfolio. What do you recommend? They're going to be like, well, buy 20 of my properties because it's, it's about their product. That's what they're there for. They're great at it, but that's all they're there for. Whereas if you work with me, we work with several different markets and every single market offers something different. The properties are different. The price ranges are different. The returns are different. The pros and the cons are different. And so we can more objectively guide you to what fits your specific needs because your needs are likely very different than someone else's. And everybody has different preferences, different needs, different goals, all that. So we can speak to the investment side of it and advise you where we think the properties would be a good fit for your portfolio. And then uh, the last point, and this is, I can't uh, emphasize enough that this is an extremely unofficial point, but in my experience, so if you were to go to a direct turnkey provider, you're one person. Let's say you buy one property for them, from them, maybe two. I've always had it in my head, and I'd, I'd, I've seen this kind of pan out in some ways, is that technically the direct turnkey provider, if they screwed you on one or both of your properties and they lose you as a client, it's not, no offense, it's not a huge loss to them. You're very small in the pecking order as an individual investor because a lot of these providers sell like portfolios worth to the same buyer. Like you are small carrots on the scale of a buyer for, from a turnkey provider. So if you come in, if you work with us, however, we send, like I said, I was talking earlier about the buying power. We send so many people to the particular providers that we work with. We essentially, you, you kind of become part of this community. Like if they were to then screw you, let's say you buy one property and they were to screw you, but you came in with all of us, they're risking losing our entire channel of buyers. Like it's like, it would be a huge detrimental loss to them at that point versus if it's just you by yourself, it's, you know, they they could sneeze and be over it. Like it's, it's not a big deal. So again, it's very unofficial, but I've seen several times where uh, not that any of the providers screwed any of our buyers, but if something were to happen or something wonky went on or there's, a lack of communication or something kind of whatever, then you can come to me and say, Hey, Allie, like, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. I can't seem to get an answer. Well, as soon as we approach them, we're like, Hey, 
what's happening, fix it. And they, they kind of jump because they, you know, they know that they're, they have to make our, well, they don't have to do anything, but you know, they have a very strong motivation to take care of the people that we send because we send so many that if we, again, if we were to pull out, it'd be a huge deal. So we, we, we force everyone in the equation to care. <laughs> and so, you know, and all the while with all of this, uh, we don't charge the investors. So we make money on the seller side. So you literally get a free handholding service and free objective and inv- investing advice, all these things at no charge to you. So it's like, well, why in the world would you not do that? And, and, the last uh, more comical, well, it's comical because I know the details of it. Customer service is not typically turnkey provider strong suit. Um, they are very good at what they do. Customer service is not one of them. Uh, so we also kind of serve as a customer service buffer. But again, it goes back to that like, hey, if you can't get an answer from them, we can get it for you type of thing. So it's really just having people in your back pocket and having buying power and having you know a huge support system behind you. And if you want to go do it by yourself, Cool. Go vet turnkey providers. Have fun with that because it's a lot harder than it, it looks. And, you know, it just, it, but if that's, uh, that's how you learn, then cool. But we like to offer an alternative to people. You're listening to Ali Boone on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic market and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for high yield returns from multifamily apartments, ATM machines, and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Asset Investor offers, such as their multifamily, ATM, and self-storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. You're listening to Ali Boone on the Cashflow Ninja podcast, and I'm back to our interview. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing too right now because vetting and due diligence is so, so important because yeah. uh, economically, we've been in a, in a good spot, right? So yeah. uh, every seven to 10 years, basically, you have a recession if you really want to look at it historically. And we're pretty much uh, at the height of a, of a lot of markets uh, on the mm-hmm. market cycle end. So there's a lot of money flowing in right now, uh, unsuspectedly, and unfortunately, every industry has um, undesirable operators or opportunist uh, uh, seeking yeah. folks. So it's it's so important. Can you speak a little bit to the importance of vetting and due diligence, especially in turnkey, because it is a little bit of a minefield as well, and maybe also yeah. to speak to what a true true turnkey operator is, because there's a lot of folks that. Uh, 
through marketing and advertising can potentially post as a turnkey, but it's not necessarily as turnkey as it would be, right. or the term turnkey could be relative. Yeah, and the term turnkey really, it is relative. And technically, the actual definition of turnkey is more in relation to the condition of the property. So the term originated from the idea of all you need to do is stick the key in the door and turn it and you have a cash flowing functioning property. Like it's just about turning that key in the door. So you can actually buy a property in turnkey condition for sure. It could be next door to you. You could buy it anywhere. If it's in turnkey condition, cool. But when I work with turnkeys, so what came of that is uh, the turnkey companies, like I was saying, the direct turnkey providers, what they do is they are in the markets that support, they have enough inventory and the cash flow is in existence that they can be the ones to go basically create turnkey properties. So they go find these properties that are in shams or need rehabs or whatever is going on and they bring it up to turnkey status, which means specifically, and this is also relative and it's something you always want to ask is what exactly comes with the turnkey property, but what it should come with is it should be rehabbed fully or redeveloped, either one. It should have tenants in already and paying rent. So the idea is that you make cash flow on day one. And in a lot of cases, unless you're going to landlord it yourself, it has property management in place also. So, you know, some turnkey providers could say, oh, we sell you a turnkey property, but then they only sell you the rehabbed property and there's not really a tenant in it. Like you want to get clarification on exactly what they're offering you. So turnkeys used, and I, I was actually a culprit of this myself. I used to advertise turnkey properties as being hands-off rental properties, as did a lot of people. And I've now changed my language on that because what people don't realize, it, what they did was they would come in and assume everything's done for them and they can just be hands-off, brains-off, you know, they never have to do anything, which I get why they kind of came to that conclusion. And in theory, that's how it should be. But the reality is you still need your brain attached to your shoulders. And, you know, as with any rental property, turnkeys aren't always perfect. Sometimes the property manager starts out great and then they start to suck. Like you need to be, as the owner, you need to be in a position to be ready to handle it because you're in charge. You're the boss. Um, but the, so what happens is in kind of relation to that is if you meet a turnkey provider and you put a property under contract, you need to do due diligence on it. You cannot just take people's words for the advertising for whatever. You need a property inspection. You need to check all the documents. You need, you know, you need to do certain things and people don't realize that. So if you're well versed in how to do proper levels of due diligence, cool, go do it on your own. But a lot of people aren't. Turnkeys are very attractive to new investors and they don't realize that they need to be doing due diligence on the property that they're buying. And so one thing with that is, and I've had people argue me on this statement, which is cool, you know, to each their own, but my reality is that technically, and I, I can't emphasize the word technically enough, technically, it doesn't matter who the seller is or who the turnkey company is or who the whatever is, if the property checks out. Because you can do all of the verification processes. You can verify everything that's advertised about the property. And the seller of the property could be the worst human being on the planet. And you still get a killer property. Technically. But more realistically, how that works out is if you work with a bad turnkey provider, most people 
aren't well versed enough to do the actual verifications to ensure that the property is okay. So usually a bad turnkey provider is going to give you a bad turnkey property. That's pretty standard, but it's not, it, it doesn't have to be that way, if that makes any sense. So at the end of the day, it's all about the property itself, but working with a legit turnkey provider will change the entire experience because if you work with a sketchy one, you have a whole new weight on your shoulders as far as how to confirm what you're getting. And so as far as vetting the turnkey providers, it's actually a lot harder than it seems because for years, I've now been in turnkey world for, I guess, seven or so years. And I work with some experts who do the, the hardcore, like digging deep vetting. And I oftentimes get presented with new turnkey companies and I send them to my guys. I'm like, Hey guys, check out this company. They seem pretty cool. And they will oftentimes come back with a small list of gigantic red flags that they see of things that are risky. And as long as I've been in turnkey world and as nose deep as in as I've been, I didn't even realize I'm like, Oh, now that they say that, Oh, duh. Like it's, there's a lot behind the curtains that goes into determining how good a turnkey provider is, whether it's the market that they're in, the product they're offering. And there's horror stories out there of very unlegit turnkey providers, whether it's intentional or not, I don't know. Um, and people really kind of lost their asses on it. So it's, you know, it's, and that kind of goes back to this whole idea of working with the providers versus someone, a company like us is just, you know, it's, it, you don't want to be the person that loses everything just because you didn't know how to vet something. So if you have all of the required knowledge, you can go buy a great turnkey pro property from a horrible turnkey provider and make it all work, but it's extremely difficult. So if you can get the solid turnkey provider, if you can have a support system to help you through it and help guide you into knowing like, how do you know what due diligence to do? You don't know, like, but we can help you do that kind of stuff. So. It's a, I mean, much like anything, it's really kind of a big web of stuff, but it, it gets very simple too when you get the right people in place. So it's, 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 it, and, and I always tell people at the end of the day, don't forget, we're trying to have fun doing this. So, you know, if you want to go do initial market research and go vet all the providers on your own, and that's fun for you cool, but you're basically reinventing the wheel. Like other people have already done both of those things. So, you know, if, if that stuff is not fun for you, then why, why do it? Absolutely. And I mean, initially just a screening of a quick search on bigger pockets, <laughs> typing in a, mm -hmm. in a turnkey's name could be like a level one. If you really, you know, if you want to take a look at it and then obviously working with you guys that knows the in, in and outs and the backstories and what's going on in the industry. I mean, uh, how you also learn is, this enormous pool of buyers that you have, uh, the experiences mm -hmm. that they have with, with, uh, yeah. with turnkey and, and that stuff that regardless of how you try and do it by yourself, you won't be able to do that. Right. That's just, this is, right. this is a couple of years under your belt of working with buyers and, and seeing their experiences mm -hmm. with certain turnkey and, um, Ali, this, I mean, this episode, um, uh, couldn't have come at a better time because I think that uh, with markets frothing a little bit, we have to be very, very cautious and still, uh, you know, kind of have your spidey senses on, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. um, that yeah. um, 
Yeah, they're they're because they're definitely there are some horror stories, and there are some people yeah. that uh, that have definitely gotten hurt through it. So it's a it's a very very valuable service. A quick question for you on markets. I know you you touched on the importance of it. Um, if you don't mind sharing, what are some of the markets that uh, that you still find really attractive across the United States uh, in the drone key space currently? Well, so the markets are always changing, of course. Like the markets we worked with four and five years ago are very different than what we're working with today. And when I go after markets, for me being in the turnkey space, uh, an appealing market has, I have to look at two things. The market fundamentals, so the market by itself, and the options for quality turnkey providers. So there could be great markets out there in some random state that are fantastic investing markets, but they either don't have any turnkeys or they don't have a good quality turnkey provider. And vice versa, there's, and I've known of many really, really good turnkey provider companies that I don't like the market fundamentals of the markets that they're in. So for me, I really look for the solid growth markets uh, with options for quality turnkey providers. So with that said, currently, uh, my favorite markets, um, and we actually have kind of a secondary buying strategy uh, with a couple of these markets, but um, the primary ones right now, we're doing St. Louis and Chicago, and then we have Baltimore and Philadelphia. And then we also have Cleveland and then Indianapolis and Kansas City. We've been in those for several years. So we do have uh, good providers there. We do think they're still good, solid markets. They're a little more saturated just because people have been buying there for so long. Um, but really, the our excitement has been Baltimore and Philly are a slightly different buying model, which is kind of a different topic. But uh, for the straight up standard turnkeys, we really had a good luck, good luck with St. Louis and Chicago lately. Fantastic. Uh, a question that I asked usually to all my uh, guests is that uh, I found that they're lifelong learners. They're always studying. They're always trying to learn new skills. What are you currently studying and what new skill sets are you currently learning? You know what's funny? I actually was just mentioning this uh, a couple of days ago to a friend. We were on a bike ride and I, I was kind of laughing because I told her that I feel like I spent, I, I kind of, I feel like I overdid it for quite a while. Like, you know, for a while I was studying aerospace engineering and flying and all this stuff. And then I immediately went into trying to figure out real estate and business. And I mean, this was just years and years of just over learning everything. And to be quite honest, I'm on a learning break right now. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just, uh, I'm exhausted from the last 10 years. And um, I am, I still occasionally read books, but I'm really just kind of, I'm not trying to learn new stuff necessarily as much as like, you know, more practical application of, you know, knowing what I know now, what can I, what can I be doing? What can I, whatever, but they're really, there's, so much to learn. And I, I, I say that I wish I was not learning for five seconds, but I'm always trying to learn new stuff, but I don't really have a specific thing right this second, just because I, I think I've deemed myself on an official learning break for a minute. <laughs> no, a core, a core, a core <laughs> message. quality answer there. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate, I appreciate your honesty. And you know what? I, uh, I can appreciate that because sometimes, you know, you need a little bit of a break. That's part of it, right? Yeah. So. Oh, I think, I, you know, I think it's huge. And even when I started my business, I always heard like the entrepreneurs on Shark Tank saying they worked 17 hour days for 10 years and whatever. And I'm like, you know, that's cool. 
but you know, I'm a huge fan of, again, investing everything. We, we want to be having fun, but at the same time, we're not trying to overtake our lives either. So I really, I'm a huge fan of just kind of finding the balance and just honoring, you know, what your body needs, what your brain needs and whatever. And mine, mine has needed a break for a second. Absolutely. Now, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So, Ali, if you cannot pass mm-hmm. on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Yeah, you know, it's it's almost kind of intimidating. I'm like, oh, my gosh, the three things I say are going to like completely impact future generations. No pressure. Uh, <laughs> it's like, man, I got to say something good. Um, so the three that I would say um, – one of the most basic fundamentals in real estate investing and kind of otherwise is invest in assets. Like really, you know, I think a lot of us got really screwed growing up, learning financial independence, financial strategies, financial vocabulary, everything. And, you know, I, I hope that schools now are teaching it more, but the days of, uh, going to school and getting a job and retiring on a pension are coming to an end. And so I really, for the future generation, like you have got to be investing in assets, things that are going to keep you going, regardless of what the government does, regardless of what, um, you know, whatever government, political, monetary, whatever dynamics change that you are investing well, like, especially if you can start at an early age. So investment assets is one of them. And then in terms of investing, I'll, you know, really taking the time to understand investing versus working, because I think I mentioned it earlier where a lot of people get into investing and they essentially take on a second or third job um, by investing. And that's, it's different than investing. And so my second one is really just having an understanding of what you're actually getting into and, and tailor, you know, uh, relating that to what it is you're trying to actually accomplish. Um, and just, and really kind of just taking a step back and looking at the big picture, what are you getting into? Does it fit, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then that leads me to my third point, um, on a less technical standpoint, if you can really take the time to explore and find and pursue the things that come naturally for you, you are setting yourself up to succeed to levels that you never imagined. For instance, I wish that flipping properties was my strong suit. It'd be fun. I think it would be a blast. It'd be great to make that much money that fast. But the reality is rental properties are my strong suit. They come very naturally to me. And because I've spent the time to pursue what is my strength, I've been able to build that strength to levels I probably never could have gotten flipping to or a general weakness. You know, we, we grew up here and we need a strength in our weakness and I am absolutely, we can work on those things occasionally, but if we can focus on strengthening our strengths, what comes naturally for you? What do you like doing? You know, it not only can you give you more success, but you can be happier, you can enjoy yourself. And, you know, we, I just think we're in a time and place on this earth that we all need to start enjoying ourselves a little more. So why, why swim upstream? If you can just, if, if you can get success out of doing what comes naturally. So I, of all three of those, I feel the strongest about that one for future generations is there's a lot of people telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing in this world. And at the end of the day, 
you're the only one who knows what's a fit and what's not. So just, you know, be you focus on being you focus on what comes naturally and don't let people shun you for that. And you'll, you'll do great. Fantastic. And thank you for sharing that. Ali, where can my listeners uh, get in touch with you, connect with you, follow you and stay informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? Yeah. So you can always email me directly, uh, which is Ali, A-L-I at hipsterinvestments.com. You can check out Hipster, which is my real, I don't even know if I said the name of the company earlier and that's, <laughs> that's how bad of a salesperson I am. Uh, my company's name is Hipster Investments and it's hipsterinvestments.com. Um, and then yeah, I'm either of those two places, uh, reach out anytime, even if just to say hi. And, uh, you know, if you're kind of curious or you want to know more, like we're, we're a no pressure, uh, group, so we can chat for free. I can send you stuff to check out. Uh, if you never go forward with it, that's totally fine too. Um, but like I said, I, I just trying to be a, uh, support system in this industry and I welcome everybody to come say hi. Fantastic. Ali, well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. Yeah, thanks again for having me. It was a great discussion. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja. Thank you for all your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com or text CashflowNinja to 44. I'm also posting daily videos on Facebook and YouTube and will live stream weekly starting May 2018. To make sure you don't miss any of the live streams, please like and subscribe to my Facebook and YouTube platforms. I'm also dropping content on Instagram daily. Be sure to follow us on Instagram to get in on the action. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. That's our show for today. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, 
situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.